hello, 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 hello. How's it going? Popcorn muted the wrong thing. I pulled down the wrong fader there. This is uh, Sloppy Joe, Sloppy Joe. But here we are, Popcorn for Breakfast, Monday nights. Back with you again. This is our new night as of 2022. And I'm liking it, Kirk. How are you feeling about Mondays? You know, it's feeling good. It's feeling good. We kept trying to make Tuesday happen. And the whole Tuesday's just, as you've stated before, Tuesday is the worst day of the week. It's the worst. It's a fact. It's the worst day. <laughs> it's the worst day. I think people, Wednesday gets a bad rap. Wednesday gets a bad rap. It's like hump day. Everybody's like, oh man, Wednesday. I can't believe we're only halfway through the week. But hey, you're halfway through. You're there. Tuesday is like, you've got a taste of the week. And now you're really in the thick of it. Now you're really Some, feeling it. Yeah, sometimes Mondays are so long that when you, at the end of that day, you're like, wow, man, that was a rough Tuesday. I know. <laughs> because you go through a lot on Mondays it's sometimes, true. guys. But then Tuesday you get slapped with the reality that you've only just begun. You've only just begun. <laughs> but not to live, to die. That's that's how I feel on, on Tuesdays. But yeah, uh, Monday night, popcorn for breakfast. We're here with you. We're doing our What's Poppin' stream, so just movie news, just TV news, no spoilers coming your way that we know of. Uh, maybe we'll mention some old movie. I don't know. I can't I can't guarantee that you won't specifically get spoiled on something but that you haven't right. seen, but we're, we're going to do our best here. Um, we are doing a movie review, review this week. It's going to be later this week, and it's going to be Nightmare Alley, and it'll be dropping on Thursday, which is our new Movie review day. So Thursday, Nightmare Alley. That's the Guillermo del Toro, Bradley Cooper. Um, to be to be completely honest with you, I know absolutely nothing about it, Kirk. Nothing. Not one yes. thing. Myself included. I know nothing about it at all. And, and I um, I would I would not like I, I want it that way. I would have it no other way. I want it right. I want to know as little as humanly possible. So that movie good. is fascinating because it came out in the surge of Omicron and therefore also did not do great in the theaters. Yeah. Uh, so much so that Mr. Guillermo del Toro is re-releasing the film. Yeah. In black and white. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's like a noir thing. It's like when they did it with Logan, they've done it with a few other movies. Um, would love to be able to go out to the theater to see it, but I think I'm going to be doomed to HBO Max viewing, which is okay. It's okay. It's not optimal, and it's not the cool black and white noir feel, but it is It is an option, and I'm going to oh. exercise that option. Oh, I thought they were going to give the black and white option on HBO I Max. actually don't know. I actually don't know. They should. If they do, I'll watch it both ways. I would put it on two televisions at the same time and run them one in color, one in black and white. Does Guillermo prefer that people watch it in black and white? I have to I know. know. Is that the way the Lord know. intended for this movie to be seen? I don't know if the choice to run it back in black and white was specifically just because, hey, I'm, I'm re-releasing this. I better change something. Or Give if he's like, pizzazz. you know what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I need to look that up. I need to. I need to ask him. Maybe I'll text him later. That yeah. might be the best option. It's been, it's been way too long since I've been to the movie theaters. Anyway, I feel like I don't know that I've been. I mean, I saw Spider Man No Way Home three times, but yes. I don't. I don't think that I've been back since then, which is horrible. I wanted to see Scream. Didn't didn't happen. I wanted to see Nightmare Alley and Licorice Pizza and so many other things, uh, but I haven't been able to make it happen. But my big thing, as I mentioned last week, is the at-home viewing. 
Minutes before I walked into the studio, Kirk, I finished my 30th movie of the month, which is almost a movie a day. Um, but the night's still young, Kirk. You know, we're going to get off this stream. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be around, uh, you know, 10, 15, 10, 20 ish, probably. Yeah. You know, Netflix has that category 90 minute movies. You yeah, can exactly. Hit that up. Squeak it just in click, right under the buzzer. <laughs> click the first one that you see. Just, I got to get 31. Yeah. I think today my mistake was that I chose the green mile to watch because I had not oh, seen it. Yeah. And it w- it's apparently three hours and eight minutes long, and nobody told me that, and I didn't even realize it until halfway through. I was like, man, <laughs> this thing has been going for a long time, and yet there's still so much to resolve, <laughs> and then I realized it. That's that's quite a bit. Yeah, you're at, you're at 30. You're um, 13 ahead of me, Cam. I just want to point Only that 13? Out. Yeah. I got, that I means gotta, you're going along at a pretty good clip. I feel like I'm, try, I'm at 17. I'm at 17. I'm trying. I'm trying here. Um, yeah. Maybe one night I'll watch 10 and uh, exactly. See, like a, f- a few of those days I watch like three, you know, like, right. like wife and kids are doing like, at, you know, they're at her parents or something like that. It's like, let's just go. Let's just run through them. Um, right. So it, it, I, 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 I cheated a little bit. It's not exactly one per day, but the average is what I'm going average. for. Here. So yeah, just go for the average. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. I got to, I gotta catch up. I um I often um get lost in my own thoughts, and uh, sometimes I, I I switch to television. Um, and I'm not as strong as you, Cam. No, That's it's what I'm trying to say. But here's the problem: is that I'm falling behind on television. So today we're going to talk a little bit. We're not going to talk about Boba Fett, uh, because I'm not caught up, and because there's no real stories around Boba Fett except for the fact that I believe the final episode is this Wednesday. Is that correct? Ooh, I don't six, even know. I'm, I was, I'm just guessing that it's six episodes. And I've been uh, watching everything, so hold on. <laughs> let's yeah, let's let's <laughs> fact check that real quick. But the other thing that I started and haven't gone back to is Peacemaker, and not because I didn't like it, but just because I've been on this movie kick. I've been watching so many movies that, like, I watched Peacemaker uh, one day, and I was like, "Wow, that's so awesome! I can't wait to sink my teeth into that a little bit further." Um, and I didn't, I haven't gone back to it yet, but I will. It's not because it's bad. It's, it's actually, it's actually quite good. And, and, you know, very much up to James Gunn's extremely high bar that he's set recently. Right. Um, there are seven episodes. Seven. Okay. So there's still, mm-hmm. there's this week and then there's next. I, and unfor- the unfortunate thing about Boba Fett and the fact that I'm behind, and this is my own fault, um, is the spoilers, you know, the spoilers <laughs> are rolling through and I haven't really been able to, avoid them all um which is a bummer but you know nothing nothing that's like shattering my brain right and now we'll list all of them for you here we go the first (laughs) yeah yeah first grogu (laughs) is dead and in the show no just kidding he was Um, dead the whole time it was a dream (laughs) it was all a dream (laughs) imagine that the star wars fandom oh my oh my they're already they're already on a knife's edge at all times, just ready to go. They've got the torches and pitchforks ready to go. But they do. Let's get into what's popping, Kirk, because we've got some stuff this week that's pretty interesting. I'm ready. And one of those things, as we pop it up here, is related to Peacemaker, which we were just talking about. The the James Gunn uh, Warner Bros. DC television show that's on HBO Max, which has been a smash hit for HBO Max and, and another huge win for James Gunn in the superhero genre of which I feel like 
he is the undisputed king at this point, right? Like he, he's kind of the guy. He's like the he's the Chris Nolan of superhero films right now. Right. I mean, he crossed the he crossed the aisle. He did. He's the first one to bridge the gap and 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 to continue straddling the gap because you know he's he's made this Peacemaker show. He's now in in production with Guardians of the Galaxy. He's casting people from Peacemaker in Guardians. You know, it's there's a blurring of the lines here, but he has. You know, we should give him a Nobel Prize at this point for for what he's been able to accomplish. But. I agree. James Gunn is still hard at work. He was on a deadline podcast over uh, the last week and, and dropped some major bombs that really any superhero fan on Marvel or DC side would be super interested to hear. And the first of that is this, that DC is not going to stop with the Peacemaker series and that James Gunn is going to work with them on another series that will once again be a spinoff of James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Now, here's my question, Kirk. So, Peacemaker was sort of an interesting choice if you've seen the movie for a lot of reasons. He's a very interesting character, very interesting circumstances that happened to that character in the movie. I think people were... I can't remember. I think we knew, we already knew that there was going to be a Peacemaker series heading into the Suicide Squad. So, you kind of had that information beforehand. But the question now becomes, Kirk, who should this show be about? Who will this show be about? Um, I have my pick, but I want to hear yours. Do you want to hear mine first, or do you want to give yours? I want to hear yours first. Okay, so my pick is Blood Blood Sport. I almost said Blood Splatter, but I meant Blood Sport, uh, which is or Blood Splort, (laughs) which is Blood Splort, which is the combo (laughs) of the two. Um, my pick is Blood Sport. A for the obvious reason, which is that it's Idris Elba, and I love Idris Elba. Mm -hmm. Need I say more? Second reason, which is a really lame reason, but is important is that his his get up his costume is just sick the helmet the whole aesthetic i love it um but third is that they really you know he's sort of if there was a main character in the suicide squad i think you could make a pretty strong argument that it was him you know harley obviously is another one of the heavy hitters but there was this dynamic of this combined storytelling that was going on between Ratcatcher 2 played by Daniela Melshore and Idris Elba's Bloodsport and the way that they sort of built this bond and, and relationship and mm-hmm. there's this history with Bloodsport but then there's also this relationship with his daughter who visits him in prison and so there's just it feels like that is just ripe for the picking but I don't know what, like what's what's your thought Kirk I'm gonna say this with complete honesty and you're not going to believe me, but I really want it to be Weasel. We- <laughs> Just no, no audible dialogue, dude. Yes. But that would be, I don't know if they, if they could keep that bit fresh and funny for six plus hour long episodes of television. That would be the greatest feat in history of the world. No, I think they have to be half hour. I think they need to be okay. half hour. Yeah. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, Amazon Prime a couple of years ago, it's probably been like eight years by this point, did The Tick. That was one of their premiere shows. Yeah. And it was a comedy. And it, it kind of worked. And I feel like this could be it as well. I feel like if Weasel is in there, maybe he keeps sacrificing. Maybe he teams up with another DC villain on every episode. I'm, here's my pitch right now, James Gunn. He, he pairs up with another DC 
villain and every DC villain gets offed at the end of each episode. He sacrifices them (laughs) to survive. I think that's how Weasel gets out of everything and moves forward. So I'm picturing, I'm picturing like a Charlie Chaplin style slapstick uh, (laughs) show is what I'm picturing. Like, like almost like those cartoons from, from way back in the day, like the Tom and Jerry of just like, there is no plot. I mean, there's a, there's a very thin plot of like something triggered this event, but then just antics ensue and ensue yes. and ensue, and it's all involving Weasel. Um, there really are a lot of options. Plus, it's the it's the combo James Gunn, Sean Gunn, the the dynamic duo there because Sean Gunn voices Weasel. Right. Uh, wow. I, I like. The and he pick. did the motion cap for it as well, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he so did. He's yeah. in the suit. I mean, it is the same body. After all. <laughs> that lanky just like i don't know 12 year old boy's body (laughs) dead serious perfect dead serious i don't remember ever laughing as hard in a theater as i did and this this happens in the first 10 minutes of the suicide squad so this is not a spoiler but when weasel jumps out of the plane lands in the water and immediately starts to drown it is a top is like top two funniest things i've ever seen in a theater i was dead i was like la- i was crying i was laughing so hard it was it was brilliant it's so good the, the whole idea <laughs> of that character is so absurd and what's great about it is that you can have absurd characters but right. if you don't commit to them they don't work and yeah that one, all in chips are all in and it's so good i would just love it if that was the choice oh it'd be so great it would be so great um so we'll we will wait uh very anxiously to figure out what james gunn has in the hopper for his next series but he also said in that same podcast episode two other important nuggets one is a quick one which is just that he feels like peacemaker has a really good shot at a season two i I have to say like just sentiment analysis and this is all anecdotal is that uh i feel like i haven't seen a bad thing about the show and and that you know my, my my twitter timeline is flooded with really good feedback on the peacemaker show you know i have n- i'm not caught up on it as i said but from what i've seen from what i've seen it's really good um so I, I, that that leaves that makes me feel like it's going to be pretty open-ended the way that they end season one because james gunn feels like season two is coming but that's interesting news and then the other one this one flips over to the marvel side for for james gunn which is that mm-hmm. this will be according to him the last time we see what he's calling this team of guardians, you know, so potentially the guardians of the galaxy label lives on. Uh, this happens in the comic books. Sometimes, you know, the, the Avengers are sort of a revolving door. All these different super teams are sort of a revolving door. You have different members of the fantastic four and of, you know, the, the young Avengers and the West coast Avengers and, and of the guardians of the galaxy. So, it doesn't necessarily mean that the guardians of the galaxy are going away, but that this current iteration will be the last ride guardians volume three kirk what's your reaction to that and who do you think carries on from this group if anyone oh gosh i think you have to wipe it clean because all of them all of them every last one because that group was so tight-knit that if anyone carries on they can no longer be within the group like they would have to go solo right because gamora is who knows where so peter quill can just go off and be on a, a constant search for her and the rest of the team can kind of pair off if you will and then we should get a new a new band of heroes uh, in order to find a new a new love a new core 
dynamic. And I think that's what's key to making the next round work for people who um, maybe don't follow all the all of the films and all of the storylines as closely as you know the the diehards of it. And they come into Galaxy of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Four, and they're like, "Wait, where is?" xyz you know i think that i think it has to be completely clean completely clean maybe i mean i think i think for me the easy picks as like someone who would not carry on would be rocket um you know his arc has sort of been leading toward a very sad and cathartic death for him for a very long time Um, but i think nebula and gamora are the wild cards because they're their whole story is so tied to Thanos that with Thanos ceasing to exist and their relationship sort of on the mend, even though we have new Gamora, she was actually old Gamora, but not, not the Gamora that we knew. Um, once they get that resolved, that, that arc is really done. And, and if you lose Gamora, it only makes sense that Peter Quill's gone as well. And obviously like, yeah. I don't think the Guardians can continue on with Star-Lord, but everybody else getting swapped out, so it, it does become hard to see. Um, we know that uh, Chuck Woody Iwuji, the actor from Peacemaker, is in the Guardians, appears to be a major role. We, we don't know who he is yet, though. We also know that uh, Adam Warlock is joining the fray here, and that opens up the possibility for them to sort of be involved in some capacity with a new team of guardians and then of course there's tons of intergalactic heroes that could be brought into the fold as well i think a lot of people are are speculating nova etc beta ray bill um there's a lot of different options there so you may be right kirk you may be right because at first i was like well some of these guys will carry on but as you start to as i start to think through it like kind of out loud here it's hard to see how any of these people continue on with a new iteration Right. And I think maybe, I think you're spot on. I think Rocket has to die so Bradley Cooper can have a live action role as well. Ooh, could be, could be. be fun. Man, they're bringing so many big names into the MCU. Sometimes I forget about it. Like that Secret Invasion show, like Olivia Coleman is in that show. <laughs> She's... Yeah, that show is basically a secret because like, it's just like working and like in production. And it's like, oh, yeah. It's it's happening. Like it's gonna be released sometime soon, like this year. And like Amelia Clark is in it. Olivia Coleman. Like sometimes I just forget about all these actors they're bringing into the fold. So there's got to be room. There's got to be room. We got to clear. We got to clear out some of these uh, some of the old guard. As much as it hurts, and it will hurt. It will be excruciating, especially with this group. All right, moving along. uh, More superhero stuff. Shocking, I know. (laughs) Uh, This is coming from Heroic Hollywood, so take that for what it will. It's not, you know, our normal, like, deadline variety, The Hollywood Reporter. Doesn't mean it's not reputable, but it's more, we would call it rumors at this point. But the rumor is, from Heroic Hollywood, one of their insiders is saying that Warner Brothers wants to begin filming Joker 2, meaning the, the sequel to the Todd Phillips, Joaquin Phoenix Joker, in 2023. They want to begin filming in 2023. Now, this was rumored a long time ago that there was a script out there that Todd Phillips was trying to get the band back together and make a Joker movie. Is this a good idea? And do you think that this is a possibility? It's such a hard decision. The only way that this works is on the heels of Robert Pattinson's 
success and to surprise merge those together. I feel oh. like that'd be the only way. I, I know, like but they've the said so way. long that the Pattinson thing stands alone. I know, but then why would you have those movies simultaneously being created in the same five years without connecting the dots, Cam? I don't know. It's It does become hard because it becomes really hard to connect the DC web and, and DC would say, you know, we're, we don't, we're, we don't need to have a cinematic universe as it were, you know, we can, we can tell all of these disjointed stories and that may be true to an extent, but, but we all know that the money <laughs> is, is in a cinematic universe. And also DC hasn't quite given that up. Have they with this flash movie? I mean, they're bringing Michael Keaton in, they're opening up, you know, potentially time travel, the multiverse, etc. There's multiple flashes. There's multiple Batmans. So, you know, even though they say the Batman trilogy is standalone, and I hope that it is, I would like it to be, and that the Joker stuff is standalone, it, it does become hard to see. Like, if they continue down this path, it's going to become real messy. You would think. It is. You know, I think the Flash, it's a strange choice for it to be your reset button, but it is the, the character that makes the most sense in the DC to take that option on, resets the, the DCU and gives us an opportunity to have those offshoots, then gives us the opportunity to make Pattinson, even though it's on its own different world, still somewhat connected, right? And if you have that and you have the Joker over here and you have and you have Pattinson over here, I mean, what better marriage than in their dark, 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 gritty worlds if they were to come together? Yeah, I mean, it could be cool. Now, the the Joker, or Joker, <laughs> the movie Joker, starring Joaquin Phoenix, was a hard R. And Pattinson's yeah. movies are PG-13, for obviously for mass appeal reasons. Mm-hmm. But sort of a hard PG-13, you know, is what we're hearing from the test screenings. It's going to be yeah. dark. Um so there could be a chance. Now, there is a bit of a timeline gap there, I think. Though, you know, Joker sort of takes place. I don't even know if they tell us the era, but, you know, it's it's very much like 70s, 80s vibe. Yeah. Uh, you know, like early Scorsese type stuff is what it, what it feels like. Um, so who knows? You know, the Joker is always sort of this sort of like time-defying, nebulous guy. You never really know what age he is or, or what have you. So it, it could work, but... I don't know. I, I question if this is even a good idea to go back hear, to that. Hear me out. Sure. Joker 2. Joker has a son uh-huh. by the end of it. Okay. Pattinson, the Batman. Ironic that the Batman has a, an article in front of it and Joker does not. Right. <laughs> the Batman and Joker. The Batman and Joker. The Batman. I don't care how it ends. Um, <laughs> but there has to be a second the Batman uh, to, to continue the story, sure. And with the and with the Flash, it opens up that that connection, that world. We get introduced at some point in the Batman Two to a young child who gets saved by the Batman. His name is Terry McGinnis. Okay. Oh. And then Michael Keaton comes in for Batman Beyond, and it is Joker, Joaquin Phoenix, Joker's oh son. Joker's son witnesses Joaquin Phoenix's death by the hands of Battinson. We flash forward where we have adult Joker's son and someone playing Terry McGinnis and Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne. That is the connection. Whoa. Those are the the stepping stones right there. That sounds like the Batman No Way Home to me. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) 
I think it's a long shot, but I like it, Kirk. I like where your head's at. Then also, if we could have Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who was Thomas Wayne, yes, continue to be Thomas Wayne and tie into Flashpoint and be the the you know like the the other Batman, the Red Batman. Yes. Yeah, let's just do it. Let's into the Batverse, all of them. Doesn't matter. Into the Batverse. Give me Val Kilmer. Give me everybody. Casey Kasem. He's coming back with the nipple (laughs) suit. I think he'll do it. George Clooney. Clooney. (laughs) Clooney's looking for redemption here for sure. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. I I think this is a bad idea. And Joaquin to me is not a sequel guy. And I don't think that's a sequel story. So it seems like a money grab. If he has a son, if he has a son, I think he would do it. If he could fight Superman's son from Superman Returns. Or what was that movie called? It was, uh, yes, it was Superman Returns. Yeah. Remember yeah. that guy? It, it, that was very yeah. interesting. Could be interesting. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. This this is insane. Here's the next thing I want to talk about, this Halo trailer. So we got to look at Halo a while ago in images. And, you know, images can be misleading. But it looked good. I said at the time, I said, they've done the Master Chief design really well. Um you know, cosplayers have been doing it for a thousand years, so it shouldn't be hard for them to nail it. But we got the trailer during the AFC Championship game on Sunday. Full trailer, Paramount Plus, original series here. And I gotta say, Kirk, and and, and get your tomatoes ready if you're on the other side. It's It sucks. I I think the trailer looks bad. I really do. I I don't think it looks good. Um, I'm out on this show. I've already decided I'm out... I will watch it, probably. I will at least, I will try it so that I can be proven correct. But I am now convinced that it will not be good, based on the trailer. I'm so out, I didn't even watch the trailer. Oh, Kirk. (laughs) How dare you? Well, here's the thing. The trailer, like, it's a good trailer. Well, let me draw this line. It is an effective trailer, but but the show doesn't look good. It's effective in the sense that, like, it's well edited. The music looks good, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It looks okay, but um, the show, I'm, I'm convinced, will be very bad. I'm convinced it will be very bad. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know how you can connect the dots for an emotional character with that. You know, I mean, he yeah. never takes his helmet off. Uh, Do we get that, you know, Mandalorian vibe with this as well? Does he take his helmet off in the trailer? He does not take his helmet off in the trailer. But so, yeah, I mean, the whole thing with Master Chief, right, is that like he's the perfect soldier, right? He's the Master Chief, he, he and and he's he's controllable to an extent. You know, they they use well, him to do their bidding, but then you know that's sort of the beginning of the plot line. Then you know the 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 madness ensues from there. Did you say he was the perfect soldier? Yeah. Then why, Cameron? When I played Halo at my friend's house because I never owned an Xbox. Yeah. Why did I die every single time? I don't think he's the perfect soldier. I, I don't I think you are the perfect soldier, Kirk. Oh, I think that's oh the problem. okay, gotcha. That's the disconnect here. <laughs> Master Chief, if you don't hit Y, Kirk, he can't do it. Mm. You know, if you're not hitting the trigger at the right time, he can only he can only take you so far. Oh, okay, what about R <laughs> and B and LMNOP. Uh, I don't understand why I try and I try and I try and I get eaten by the tiny little aliens. Not yeah, the it's not ones. the big ones. It's the always ones the like, little guys. They look like plants and they're waving in the wind and then they just like get you. Yeah, it's because it's because uh, I hate to tell you this. It's bad aim. It's it's poor hand-eye coordination <laughs> and 
And you can't be helped, Kirk. You're a lost cause at this oh. point. Oh, I am the last chef. I am but speaking of soldier. Paramount Plus and the, you know, the streaming services, we talk about it all the time, the streaming service war, etc. You know, we, we're kind of like year, I think of it as like year three of the real streaming wars of when like Peacock came into the fold and you got Apple TV Plus and yada, yada, yada. All these different services, Disney Plus, etc. This is sort of like year three of the war. Here was a story that came from uh, Variety that Peacock lost an estimated $1.7 billion in 2021. And, and, and here's the thing. like That's that's what's going to grab the headline because it's $1.7 billion. This was never meant to be like the profit generator for NBC Universal, right? Like it's it's a new streaming service. They're trying to get revenue, they're trying to get content. So it's going to they're going to spend more than they make right now. It's kind of like a startup company, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and so their plan is to is to continue to do that. And and they actually estimate that they'll double their losses this year. That that it'll be closer to they'll double their expense on content and that according to Variety they expect a loss of around 2.5 billion in 2022 as they try to fight and claw for subscribers using um, original content and original content takes an investment as we've seen from Apple TV plus and others. But here's my question to you. And, and maybe you can just say this is not true. I feel like one of these Paramount plus Peacock, one of these fringe fringe services is not going to survive the next few years absolutely not i mean 2.5 billion dollars yeah at a certain point if you can't generate the subscribers to offset that long term it's going to become insolvent so so which one of you which one of these do you think is that biggest risk based on you know their content library their user interface their advertising the whole the whole bit their their price per subscriber etc yeah because i feel like the only safe bets right now to me Netflix is a safe bet. Disney Plus is a safe bet. Uh, HBO Max, safe mm-hmm. bets. I think those all stick around. They have the libraries. They have the subscriber base. It's going well for them. You know, Hulu, I think, is fine. But but Hulu could very easily turn into, you know, if, 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 if Disney Plus ever needed to absorb Hulu into yep. it, it would survive. So the, I don't really count that one, even though I think mm-hmm. it's solid. But it's the Apple TV Plus, which I feel like is gaining momentum. Peacock and then Paramount Plus, those are the ones that really make me go, one of these is not going to survive. Yeah. What's your pick? You, you know, what makes the most sense is for Peacock to fall and also Apple TV Plus to absorb one, and which would be Paramount Plus because they have the strongest content. Um, I often thought it would be a fantastical idea if Apple TV Plus bought Netflix when Netflix was kind of struggling. Uh, When we first started our podcast, we even discussed it, you know, like Apple TV Plus, not looking good, but what if they bought Netflix, right? And it became Netflix was an Apple branded product. Um, I think Peacock falls and I don't think anyone wants to buy that content. And I think it just goes back to... It's NBC Universal though. I know, but it's like... You think that okay? Do you think that that content library is worse than the CBS Viacom library? I do. Oh, see, I, I think do. it's more palatable. I, I feel like if you get the, I, I feel like as a buyer, if you can say we got the Office alone, mm-hmm. you know, and we've got 
I don't know, like some of these universal properties that are still universal because there's not many. I mean, the Fox thing kind of hurt them in some major ways. Um, yeah. But there, I still feel like CBS Viacom is the one that, to me, that feels like it's on the brink more. But I, I don't know. Like, CBS is the broadcast leader still. So people who watch network television still get a lot of their stuff from CBS but um, and Paramount as a result. But I could, see Apple T- I could see Apple scooping one of those up and just absorbing their content library. I still think that that, may, that move makes sense, as we've theorized before, that, that Apple should acquire some sort of you know legacy content library and ip mm-hmm. because they just don't have it on their own and even if they create five great shows a year and a few great movies along the way or, or purchase them it's just they're never going to catch up um, i think peacock goes back to their original original strategy where they where they farm out all of their their biggest properties mm-hmm. to the best buyer and i think they just do that i don't i don't even think they lock it in i think they say all right, you get the office for 10 years at this rate. Yeah. And then we're going to talk in 10 years. And it might be more, it might be the same. Just depends on how you treat us. Um, and with that option to walk away as, as free agents, I think that gets them better money. It they probably does. Operate their platform. That sucks. <laughs> so I think that that is the best option for Peacock. $2.5 billion. I can't get over that number. They're investing, man. They want to create original content and... and- you know, Godspeed, I say. <laughs> oh, what's their newest one? They've got a Josh Gad and someone. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, but in like a drama. It's a drama. That's what rubbed me like the wrong Isla way. Is it Fisher, maybe? Potentially. I was like, listen, Josh Gad, I see you. I know you're trying to show your range, <laughs> and, and I appreciate that, but I don't know it's if just, it's going to work. I don't know if it's... I think it's going to be a no for me, dog, just based off I, the trailers alone. I don't see... I don't see Peacock creating original content that works, except I guess Bel Air is going to Peacock. Is that right? Yes. Also an easy series to fail uh, with because of subscriber numbers on Peacock get picked up by HBO Max and continue to succeed. Yeah. Wolf Like Me is the name of that show with Josh Gad. So we'll see Peacock. Godspeed to you. Uh, the, the wars rage on and, and there will not be... Not every man can be left standing at the no. end of that battle. So no. <laughs> blood will be shed. It's just a matter of who at this point. My <laughs> money's on Paramount, blood. dude. That user interface sucks. That content <laughs> library sucks. I hate that platform. It's the worst. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm against it. But moving on. Speaking of streaming, Disney Plus, we've got a few quick hitters here. Disney Plus has officially greenlit the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series. This is one that they sort of had as a feather in their cap for Disney Plus whenever it first launched, but then, you know, it, it kind of got mum on that. Like, we, we didn't really hear much about it. But author Rick Reardon announced it last week that they're moving forward with it, uh, you know, casting and whatnot to follow. But the fandom is excited. I am not yet fully convinced that Disney Plus can generate a good original show outside of the legacy studios of Marvel and Lucasfilm and I you know this will I think be the first big test Kirk what are your thoughts you know I'm, I'm not the right person to ask this because every time I hear this show I think of the Sorcerer's Apprentice with Nicolas Cage every time <laughs> that would be great let's make a I show out of that with Nick Cage I, Right. Thank you. <laughs> I think they need to acquire the rights to that and just make that happen. Even if it's just a short limited series, let's go. I think 
One thing that I love that happened a couple years ago is that Disney came out with Girl Meets World. Uh, true. They, and that was, to me, it was actually a good series. I feel like the only way they succeed is by repurposing some of those properties, but not in the way that High School Musical, the musical, the series did. They've got to, they've really got to touch base with where those characters are out. You know, we almost had the Lizzie McGuire um, reboot and now it's gone, but that's those are where it's at i don't think it's original big properties like the this olympians whatever book that i've never read i don't know man because i don't want like disney channel quality content i get that it works i get that like they have a whole network full of it that has been really successful for a long time Mm -hmm. but to me like this mighty ducks series this turner and and hooch it's just all really low quality stuff and i'm like Give me something. Give me, you know, give me something outside of Star Wars and Marvel using some of your other properties, of which there are infinite, and and show us something. Show us something that's original, that's cool, that's different than what we've seen. And I, you know, I don't buy it. I don't buy that they can do it yet. To be honest, I wonder if it's because you know, Disney uh, runs a tight ship because of their branding. Yep. If they were able to loosen up on that just a little bit, I think that they're the flexibility of some pretty big directors would come back for these live action series. Um, you know, I, I think of the likes of like, what if Jordan Peele came in oh, and man. rebooted Disney original channel show, uh, So Weird, right? It's like a Twilight show for kids. Like, that'd be so cool, but they'd have to give him some freedoms, restrictions, because it's a kid's show, but I feel like he could do it. Um, th- there's just so many properties like that. If you gave the opportunity for a, an actual creative discussion where you could really get the right reboot with some of these. So I blame Disney. I blame Disney. Yeah, it's it's tough. They, they sort of find themselves in the same spot as Netflix sometimes where it's like, hey, this gets clicks. You know, this gets views. And sometimes that's all that matters. And it's not the it's not the quality so much as the quantity of views it can generate and that works for the you know that is the disney channel model for better or worse and it works so it's hard for them to get away from that and i get it but selfishly i want better content all right a few other quick hitters um jason momoa in talks to star as the key adversary or villain in the Fast and the Furious 10 movie. Who knows what that's going to be called? Uh, probably not F10. Who knows at this point? But Jason Momoa, potentially your villain there. Um, Greta Gerwig's live action Barbie. And that's coming from The Hollywood Reporter. This one's from Variety. Greta Gerwig's live action Barbie film, which I'm very excited about because it stars Margot Robbie and uh, Ryan Gosling. It's rumored now to have one of these casts that has all these big names in it, like an all-star supporting cast that's there to help drive eyeballs to this thing. And, and, I, and I'm just so intrigued by this because I have no idea where they're going with this plot, but the star power is there. Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie are two of the best in the biz. Who should they add to this all-star <laughs> or who will they add to this cast that needs to be in there? Right, I'm trying to think like who's gonna play Chelsea, who's gonna play yeah. <laughs> all the other characters. I don't know Ken's friends, but that would be an interesting uh, world to explore. Almost like you do Barbie like Grease, yeah. <laughs> but but then she walks away when he tries to change her. I feel like that would be a pretty cool <laughs> edge to this. Yep. Um, I don't know. Do we? I don't. Do, I don't think we have a release of who 
are the other possible names? Do we no, like the other nothing. people in talks? All speculation at this point. Oh gosh, I mean, if you have these two, you can't put Emma Stone because that's too close. Um, Michael B. Some... Jordan. Yes, that would be wonderful. You've already thought about this. Give, I, give I'm me just more. thinking Let's about go. people who are physical specimens in the way that you would expect, like Barbie and Ken. Like, okay, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I think, would make a great Barbie doll. Yeah, uh, sure. Because he's got perfect skin. That's uh, true. <laughs> um, Zoe Saldana, another one that I thought of. Yes. There's uh, so many options. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Please, yeah, Ryan yeah. Reynolds. Or Ryan yeah, Reynolds. Yeah, yeah Ryan Reynolds is a... That's Bring a, Blake in. Yeah, Brian and Blake. Yeah. That could work. I don't know, man. The They're like the first. I'm trying to think, <laughs> too. Greta, Greta Gerwig directed uh, Lady Bird. Yes. Is there any crossover there? Do we get? Do we get? Uh, Sersha. Do we get Sersha? Do Timothy. we get um, Chalamet? <laughs> I thought about that as well. <laughs> do we get Beanie Feldstein? <laughs> oh gosh, that would be perfect yeah. actually. Because you know, as Barbie, the brand is trying to break away from its um, non-realistic, non-achievable. Um, yeah, let's get ideas some of women. Let's get normal all, looking all different shapes and sizes of people. And oh my gosh, this would be great. Could be good. There are options. There are options. We'll keep we'll keep brainstorming that. Uh, but Variety Gabriel says Union. it's yeah. D Wade gets in there. Oh D- my gosh, oh, that'd dude, be- that'd be that'd be a hot ticket. I'd be first in line. D Wade, <laughs> that's my guy. Um, not a surprise at all. There's a sequel to Mortal Kombat coming out. Uh, this is coming from Deadline. Uh, Jeremy Slater, who's actually the the head. Uh, script writer on Moon Knight, the series, is going to be the one to pin the script, so that's exciting. I mean, you and I were pretty meh on Mortal Kombat, but it it did numbers. It did big numbers for HBO Max at a time where you know, there wasn't much coming out. It was sort of like this time last year, you know, early in the year, like February, March-ish, if I can remember correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, but it did big numbers. They hinted heavily at, at a sequel with the, like, I don't know if it was actually a post credit scene or if it was just, like, the last scene of the movie. I can't remember. Um, Johnny Cage, I think, was the, was the I don't remember. But it's been too long at this point. But a sequel is coming. So any Mortal Kombat fans, be excited about that. And then other video game news, and this isn't even really news, but Dwayne Johnson did a profile on Men's Journal, and he said that he is working on bringing one of the biggest, and this is quoting, biggest, most BA games to the screen. One that he's played for years. I have no idea what that could be. People have been speculating Gears of War, which would make a lot of people angry because people have been fan casting Dave Bautista in Gears of War for a thousand years now. And I think <laughs> that the fandom would die, but I can't even begin to speculate what that is. Hmm. Um and Mario, he's he's coming out. He's gonna be, he's gonna be um, uh, uh, Wario. Uh, he's oh, that would be hilarious. In. I know that. I think Jack Black already has that role, right? But or or is he Bowser? Oh, I don't, I don't remember. Know. He's Bowser. He's Bowser. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> You've heard it first. This is breaking <laughs> exclusive news. He's coming in. As Dwayne Johnson Wario. should just play like Goomba. <laughs> he has like no dialogue. He's yeah. like Vin Diesel as Groot or something. <laughs> But him and Vin Diesel, we know that Vin Diesel's not going to be involved in whatever this project is because they are uh, they, they are still on rocky terrain. And I'm, for what it's worth, in that whole thing, I'm definitely team Dwayne Johnson, and it's <laughs> not very close. It's not very <laughs> close at all. 
but yeah, that's that's pretty much all we've got this week, Kirk. We are going to be reviewing Nightmare Alley later on this week. Very excited to check that one out. It drops on HBO Max tomorrow. Like we said, um, Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett, right at the beginning, episode six, which is the penultimate episode, drops this week on Disney Plus and tomorrow. And 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 for those of you listening in podcast form, you know, the first time you're hearing this will be in February. So we got a new month starting. Some big stuff coming our way, not necessarily in February, but March. You know, March, we've got the Batman, Moon Knight, Halo, which I've already said is not going to be good, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a bunch of big things coming this way, so we'll be sure to keep you guys posted. But that is all we've got for what's popping this week. For those of you on the stream, thank you so much for watching on Facebook YouTube, Twitch, wherever you're watching. Um, if you are watching, you can see a little banner at the bottom that says to join our Discord server. That goes for you guys in podcast form as well. Click the link in the description to join our Discord where we talk about movies and TV all the time. Uh, you'll always know when we're going live to stream. You'll always know when we have new YouTube videos and podcast episodes and reviews up. But until then, and until our review of Nightmare Alley later this week, we are going to leave you by thanking our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs, as well as the band Rhetoric, whose music you're hearing right now. Catch those guys on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever, and we will see you guys later this week. Talk to you then. <laughs>